Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, Halloween's coming up. And you know what's funny? When I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey. And we had to go, like, our neighborhood would get done. And, and there'd be, like, 22 houses. And you have to go across the street and go to another neighborhood and go to another neighborhood. And after the end of the night, it would suck. And if it rained, you were screwed. And there was always the one idiot, like, the people that lived next to us, the jocks, would always turn their lights off at, like, 5. And we knew they were home because they had both cars in the garage. But out here in Burbank, I live in an apartment building and on my street there's a ton of apartment buildings and it always irritates me for the last like four years I've bought in candy now I'm not buying Smarties or any of that crappy stuff I'm buying like Kit Kats and, and little Almond Joys and Mounds and I buy it and I don't eat a lot of chocolate and no one ever shows up and I was thinking as a kid it would be like pay dirt because you're sitting there in one apartment you could do more than a neighborhood so if you walk down one street you could have so much candy so I'm, I told Joanne I'm not we're not buying candy this year I'm not doing it and if anyone knocks you know what I'll give the kids Viagra that's what I'm going to give them Viagra so I'm the crazy guy in the neighborhood anyway enough about me we have a great show and uh, a very uh, funny lady who actually turns out is Friends with two past Cooper Talk guests. She's friends with John Madden and Rose Abdul. We have Kate Flannery. How you doing, Kate? Hey, I'm great. How you doing, Steve? It's always I gave Kate a tasty cake before we came you on. You because... fully talked to me, hon. Exactly. Very nice. See, yes. I like that you're from Philly. Now, are, oh, you, yeah, are you an Eagles fan? Uh, I am, but you know, I have to say, I, I am a little out of sight, out of mind. I know that's a terrible thing to say to the Philly fans. It's all right. You know, it's like, but I, generally in sport, I mean, I was into sports when I was in high school, but basically like, if they're in the playoffs, I'm back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fair weather Philly f- of, of sports fan. Now, you, now you, you grew up in Philly and I know your parents owned the bar. Yeah, my dad actually. My my mom was home with seven kids. Okay, so, so you yeah, had yeah, seven yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of. I'm the youngest of seven. You're the youngest. Yeah, so but you I have had... a twin sister, but we don't look alike. Well, you know what's funny? So, I yeah. was the youngest, and you every rule. And now, for me, I was the youngest, so like my sister was sort of a nerd. She didn't do anything. My brother was rebellious. So like when my brother, when I was like junior in high school, I said, "Oh, I want to live down the uh, Jersey Shore in Ocean City." We talk. I said, "I want to live yeah. in Ocean City with my friend," and and they're like, "Well, you can." I said, "Well, Tommy did it," and they go, "Okay, you can." Now, when you're the youngest. You must have had every rule. I mean, you must have been yeah. like carte blanche. It, absolutely. But you learn from your older, the older siblings' mistakes. You know, I mean, some of my sisters were so stupid. I mean, <laughs> you know, my one sister got wasted and, you know, passed, literally passed out in the bathroom. It's just like, get your ass to bed. If you're going to, if you're going to get high or, or drunk in high school, make sure you wind up where you're, so, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to cover your tracks, folks, you know? <laughs> so I learned from their mistakes. So now, now. You went into this performing. Uh, was there was there acting? Was it around your house, or was it just because? I mean, obviously, when big families, it's like, there's almost always like a production, like just because there's all these kids yeah, interacting. Yeah, yeah, we always, we actually had a, a a Christmas show every year, but it was sort of the next generation because um, there's seven of us, but it was five in a row, and then there was a five year break between uh, my sister Eileen and my twin sister Susie and I. So there was a break. So I feel like we were sort. It was sort of our job to entertain everybody else. You know? So we put on these elaborate Christmas shows every year with the neighborhood kids and. You know, we had like a, I, like a structure. I mean, I was so bossy. You know, my sister would always quit you know, like on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Screw you, you know. And then we'd get back to you know. <laughs> but I didn't realize that uh, my high school age uh, siblings uh, were or twenty something siblings were were high. So we were. Ki- I thought I was killing. I thought it was really funny. And I realized we could have done. We could have. You know, we could have taken a dump and they would have laughed. You know. 
So that's crazy. cool. So, but now, did anyone else act besides just you? No, not yeah, not not. Prefer- Although I will say, I, I I there's I mean everybody's funny in my family, particularly my sister Susie. She's hilarious. But you know, it's like that's kind of. But my dad's a riot. He's great, and you know, my dad owned a bar forever. It was his dad's bar before, and uh, it was in Germantown. It was not in a great part of Philadelphia. We didn't live near the bar, but uh, we definitely were there at least once a week. You know, sometimes twice. We would we, on Sundays we would go uh, help clean. <laughs> after church well, clean the bar it's funny with the I always say with the Irish bars in Philly because I remember you know even like in college and stuff you could on St. Patty's Day there would be a bus that drove from all because there's so many right, Irish the buses Aaron but, Express yeah, right, and right, drive, right but the th- funny thing is it's great because you're not getting drunk but the thing is you still have to get home that's what I always crack right. me up it's like the bus, okay we're dropped off in Philly now uh, okay we're gonna break <laughs> down in Camden you know it's just crazy <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny. My brother, um, my brother owned a bar uh, for uh, for fifteen years up until two years ago, and he used to be on the Air Express, and he would get a U-Haul and take every bit of furniture and anything that you could throw that would hurt somebody, like all the glassware. <laughs> he'd put it in the U-Haul, so people would just come in and just. He'd pack more bodies in. There'd be less issues. My my two cousins who are firemen would be like the bouncers that day. <laughs> my niece is like serving hot dogs in the back. It was fantastic. St. Patty's Day was great, Dad. And, and, and I noticed like when I was going back to see Joanne, I, I, you, you watch like the girl who I am not going to mention, the one news person who I hate. Uh, she would sit there on uh, Fox 29 and... Like you go to uh, some of these bars, and like at eight in the morning, there's already guys drinking Irish whiskey. I mean, it's just insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, you know, day. yeah, actually, was, it, uh, but but Philly can be kind of insane in, in general because my dad, you know, my dad's bar in Germantown, he literally would go to eight, you know, he'd go to uh, early mass and then come in, and then you know, he'd serve some of these guys at like eight thirty in the morning because they'd either be coming off their shift or going into their shift, and they want a shot and a beer. No judgment. My dad was kind of a kind of a <laughs> forgive, you know, I don't know, just like he 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 really enjoyed the life, like the sort of sense of community because he owned the apartments of the bar so there's a lot of characters around on a regular basis and if some of these guys couldn't make rent he'd let them work it off so we always had an alcoholic putting up a shelf you know and <laughs> mowing the lawn or driving my brother around. I mean it was just but you know it's it, there was a it was a sense of you know sense of, of give back to the community I, I don't know I mean it's it, I feel like there I mean alcoholism is a disease and <laughs> it is a medical condition and uh some of these people you know they're, they're my dad was kind of all they had I remember like being at funerals and like we'd be the only ones there right because it it's, it's a sense of uh you know family it's like i remember i went out with my buddy you know it's just weird as i went and we were in like in this neighborhood in philadelphia and there was like this guy all by himself who was like in from world war one drinking boiler makers and yeah. you're just listening to this you're like god the guy's out drinking boiler makers and he's like 88 <laughs> i mean when i'm 88 i don't even if i'm alive i don't think i'm gonna be able to get around get around you know <laughs> let's go to a corner bar yeah they figured they definitely figured it out i was just at dirty frank's this summer uh which is uh a bar that used to have they used to call it dirty frank's because they had this rotisserie with hot dogs on it that they never sold so the franks were dirty that was a, the alleged reason why it was called dirty franks but evidently um there's a new person owning it now jody who used to go to university of arts of school I, I went to and um, she said you know the board of hell if they can't have the hot dogs anymore <laughs> the dirty hot dogs anymore well you know the legendary story about Dirty Franks the John Matta story right I know okay this is a legend st- legendary story John Matta Paul F. Tompkins and Adam McKay are at Dirty Franks because right? they used to go there after doing the comedy works and they were drunk and someone said we dare you to wipe. We we, oh, we wipe the. We want you to wipe the bar up. So now this the, people, the this is a disgusting bar. bar. Yeah, I mean, you could what, never put your elbows right. in the bar. You always got wet, uh, wet sleeves at and that place. So always. they they wipe always. it up with a with a uh, bar now towel. Oh. They wring it out into three shot glasses, <laughs> and they drink it. 
and it's a legendary story in the Philadelphia comedy community because it was just it was story. so disgusting. Yeah, I, think, I can't believe I forgot. I think, I think John Mata said he was like sick for like weeks. Yeah. I, I think he got trichinosis. <laughs> I swear to God, it was Although so alcohol bad. does sort of cure right. every every ailment. That's true. It, it, but but if he had gout, it cured the gout. Yeah. He got something else, but he it gave him. It took away and it and it, it gave. So you said you went to the arts, the art institute in Philly, U- right? University of the Arts. Okay. In now Philly, yeah. in high school, were you in productions? Or? I was. I was. I wanted to be a child star. My mother was. My mother was the brakes. I was the gas, and she was the brakes. Okay. But I'm glad she was the brakes because as I get older, you know, and working on the office, and you know, I, I, I sometimes there's there's not a lot of kids that have been on the office, but every once in a while I work with a kid, and I think, oh my god, thank you, mom, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just tough, you know. It's it's it, there's kind of nowhere to go. And I knew some of the girls that were in Annie on Broadway. We were all about the same age, but I was I was not in that mix. But as I got older, I would see them at because I I tried audition for uh, I you know the local dinner theaters back there in the 80s, you know, like. Um, on Delaware Avenue before Philadelphia okay. changed over. So I actually worked at uh, in a, a sh- my senior year. I got a show Bye Bye Birdie. I played played Ursula. And I had like I had a matinee on Wednesday, so I had to leave uh, school early after fourth period. I felt like such a rock star. See, that's awesome though. <laughs> now, now, as a so kid, lame. was there was there any uh, influences as a kid when you watched TV that said I want to do I want to get oh into this god. field? Oh my god! I mean, at the, everything was an influence. I was completely obsessed with TV and old movies. And my dad had a jukebox at the bar, and uh, he would you know he we would have a challenge. He's like, do you know? that song well you better know that's it was like there was definitely like the challenge of uh you know get, get it you know get your act together kid but my dad also thought everything was like the you know he thought it was like an mgm musical so if i went in for a burger king audition he'd say did you tell him that you play the piano <laughs> i'm like oh, okay so now you, you get out you're in school now you're getting auditions in philly now are you going up to new york to audition or a little you- bit not much i mean school was pretty intense you know and then i, I sort of felt like after i graduated from college i was like oh i, I ended up being in a comedy group uh, we used to play over, um, they used to play at Moriarty's, but I wasn't with them when they played Moriarty's. We would play um, uh, Bananas, Comedy Works, and we had a regular gig at um, at uh, Plays and Players upstairs. What was, because I, I, I used to be a house MC at Comedy Works. It was Works. called Comic Relief, uh, which at the time was right when the real Comic Relief okay, started. So, you, so you'd have to say, oh, not that Comic Relief. <laughs> So you dealt, with, you dealt with the wonderful Barney Weiss at Going Bananas. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, not not much, like I said, because we had our own thing at uh, at Plays and Players uh, on Delancey Street, the upstairs bar there. But, now, yeah. how did you meet, did you did you know Phyllis Voren? Does that sound similar? Yes, okay. I knew who she was, yes. She was actually in the group before I was. Okay. I was. I think I might have replaced Phyllis, yeah. Because she would always sit there and be like, she tried to do comedy, but she was like, all oh, real dramatic. And like, she would come to the shows and she'd be like, okay. And we're like, it's not improv, it's stand-up. You know, we'd all be sitting there and we'd be like, what are you doing? And she's like, and she had some crappy room that she booked. It was like on 16th and South. And that's when, when South Street, before 12th was good, right. 13th was shaky. But after that, you're like, oh, yeah, it was totally, go yeah, you're going to get mugged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now, yeah, how yeah. did you meet? Who were some of the people in your, do you remember some of the people's names? In your oh, group? yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there was Brian Kerrigan, who was, it was his, uh, his group. And um, I know I'm trying to think of like who was around at the time. I mean, um, um, oh, my God. I'm totally. I'm having like That's a fine. showbiz amnesia. What the, I can see faces and oh my god, names. I know. I'm thinking. Um, we used to, Joanne uh, Juz. We used to call Juzzy. And then there was Ginny. Ginny, who's still there. Oh my god. And the, so they're still they're yeah, still around. There's some some people that are still around. And then yeah, my friend Ron was. Uh, he was actually uh, Ron Leopold was a, a doctor by day and a and a, a comedian at night. See, that's great. <laughs> so we used to actually rehearse at Jefferson because he would get us this lab. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it's a true comedy lab. So that's when you got out of school. You got into this group, and now now. What? Yes. Now you were in Philly for how long? Um, just a year, and then I actually uh, during that year I auditioned for classes at Second City for the training center because my aunt lived in Chicago and she was like, "You got to check out Second City." And the minute I walked in, I was like, "Oh my god, 
I, I, this is it. This is Mecca. This is it. And I remember I just, I, I was completely blown away and I was so jazzed to be there. And I thought I'm going to do whatever I can to be here. So I got into the, I auditioned for the classes and then I did the classes for a year and a half. And then I worked in another theater uh, during that time, the Annoyance Theater, where we started to okay. do episodes of the Real Life Brady Bunch. That was kind of a thing we did around the Real Life Brady Bunch. We did it in New York and LA and then we did like a national tour. It was crazy. It just kind of kept going it was before well, I, those movies. I remember when it came out because a friend of mine, Stuart Rosenthal, he knew a, oh, right. he, he knew a girl who was uh, later, I think, played uh, Alice, named Madeline Long. Oh, yeah, no, actually, she was Cindy. Cindy, yes, okay, yes, okay. yes, I thought yes. He, I thought, okay, but he said, yeah. he goes, oh, yeah, because he used to go, hey, you hear this? Because he lived in New York, you hear this uh, show? I'm like, yeah, oh. he's like, yeah, yeah I, I did know shows the girl. Yeah, at Improv Olympic and, uh, and um, at uh, The Annoyance with Madeline. Now, yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. are you? Uh, I was actually, when I first started doing it, I was all the non-Brady roles, and then I took over for Alice. But I used to understudy for Alice and Carol, and then when I took over Alice, when they found out the show was going to New York, the original Alice was like, hey, I want to come back. Right. So um, in the tour, so I, I got to play, you know, I, so I got to play a number of roles. I was sort of like the, I was the pinch hitter. I, I, I had to wear a million hats in the show, that's for sure. Well, improv back then, because it was a, a while ago, I mean, there was so much talent. It must have been really yeah. competitive. Just sort of, uh, just coming from Philly, and I'm sure it's like anything when you come in, there's probably somewhat of, not clicks, but there's already people that are, are know each other and are oh, tight. Yeah. It must have been sort of intimidating. It was, but I have to say, I was really lucky. I feel like people were really friendly and really cool. And I just sort of fell into some really cool things. And I'm not even sure how. And it, I realized it was such a golden age. Because I, I mean, I remember, you know, when John Favreau was hosting at Second City, he wasn't he wasn't even on stage. Okay. And I remember sitting in the back with him and we would watch every improv set. We were just, you could if you took classes, you could, you could go in and watch for free. So we would just watch the shows over and over again. I mean, it was... We were just like trying to absorb, and that was when Chris Farley was in the cast. We were watching Chris Farley and Tim Meadows and um, Joel Joel Murray, who was Bill's brother, and you know it was just like just a great great time, just an awesome. I don't know, just I feel like you know we didn't know who was gonna pop, and you know Stephen Colbert was there at the time, and Steve Carell. They were all struggling too, and Nia Dallas and her husband Ian Gomez. I mean, it, it's Amy Sedaris. It was just crazy. It must have Dave yeah, Keckner, You yeah, know, it's like such a, it's like a, like a lineup of a who's who, and it's yeah, so but cool. at the time, like you just didn't know. There were some people that seemed like they were going to last forever, and you know, I just went back to the 50th anniversary at Second City because I I did work in the touring company, and um, Scott Adsit was in my touring company. He was on uh, Thirty Rock. Okay. Uh, the guy who played Frank the Ball Guy. So funny. Well, he's a ball guy, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So funny. Um, and uh, anyway, it's just weird because some people at the reunion, it's just it was kind of random because there's some people that they you really thought that they were they were going to be they were going to they were there for so long that you just assumed that they'd have these really big careers, and some did and some didn't. It's kind of a crapshoot. It's crazy like that. It's anything in that business. Yeah, you get the yeah. Break. So so you were doing the annoyance, and then then when did you finally get into the second city? Because you took I the was classes. actually playing Carol. I, no, I'm sorry, I was playing Alice and the Brady Bunch at the same time, and then. Uh, I remember um, my friend Susie Nakamura and I got hired at the same time. Susie was on Go On with um, Matthew She was Perry just on the show a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so great. So like, that's our distinction. We have the day, of, uh, the day of infamy. And it's one of those things where you literally feel like you cross a line because, you know, I remember running into casting director 
two weeks before and then when I when I got hired suddenly she was you know she said hello to me it was like it was like suddenly you sort of showed up on the map and some people you know some people you know need a litmus test and yeah it's not crazy it's like yeah. it's like it's like my first guest was saying how like he was in one movie and then all of a sudden you know everyone was like oh hey, yeah you know it's like he's like do I have more talent him. this week than I did two weeks ago what the hell happened it's, you know, it's, it's so like, funny <laughs> it's, it's like, like and, and then the funny thing is like I know a lot of guys who are in a lot of commercials they get that look and they go oh we want that guy because we've seen him in that commercial and then like two years later they go yeah we you're in too many commercials. <laughs> I know it's, it's like it's, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing the second city, and so you're you're enjoying it. I am. Okay. I am. And now you're are you, you're touring. And I'm doing the annoyance at the same time. I, and then I ended up uh, t- taking a leave of absence from Second City because the Brady Bunch took off, and and I was doing other stuff, and I did a show called the Miss Vagina Pageant, and Lauren Michaels came to that, and was we had the whole like you know consideration for us, and now I had lunch with Lauren and all that and that song and dance, and that didn't work out, but it was it was a great affirmation for me. I felt like you know you can go two ways. You can go down the skids and feel like oh that was it. Right. Uh, it'll never you know I I. I blew it um or you know you get validated from sort of the king who sort of says like okay we don't want you but you're on the map you know yeah but that, i mean that's got to be good i mean that's the thing it's it's like at least they're looking at you it's not like yeah 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 but i have to tell i mean it's a lot to negotiate in your head and i, I just want to say if anybody's a, a, a young comedian and, and there's some something that you don't get you know don't don't worry about what you don't get because it if you if you let it really get to you, then you get resentful and th- you get crazy and you get bitter and uh, there's just no longevity with being bitter. It just doesn't. Isn't work it crazy? I, I used Ugh. to used to work with the guy. And the funny thing is, you work with comics who've been doing comedy for like a year and they're, they're already bitter. It's like <laughs> it's like you've been here for a year. It's like I just worked with a guy who did this, 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 and this, and he's not bitter and he's funnier than. You know, it's just so funny the bitterness that overcomes people sometimes. Yeah. And I think it really and it just I think it destructs them for the fact yeah. that if they're not happy for other people no one's going to be everyone's going to think you're a dick that's right that's right that's absolutely right and i think that also it's sort of like it's a reflection of you though because it's sort of like you are the company you keep so if you're positive for someone else then then you know then it, it's almost like we all graduate yeah you know what i mean it's like they're 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 part if someone's doing well and you're in their company all the time you're doing shows with them all the time well then you're probably next you know right. it's like you're on, you're on this you're in the same playing field yeah, you know you're yeah, on yeah. that you same level you have a shot you have a real shot and you know it's like you can keep little scores and nitpicky and make yourself nuts or you know and drink your ass off or do drugs and, and support your argument right. for why why you're you're right to be angry and they're a piece of shit and you're you got you know i mean that's the thing you know it's crazy like that it's so funny because it's just it's such a competition sometimes but it shouldn't be it's like like i always say this you know in, in philadelphia the comics it was like there was classes like the guys before us, like the time. Right. So, and everyone. Tom Herrera. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah everyone, yeah, yeah. They, you sat there and you wanted to see people do good. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, cause then, you know, then it's like, cool. You know, I, I knew this guy when, and you know, and then most of the time they're just still nice guys, you know, it's just, right, right, right. Just, yeah. But I used to wait on Dom all the time and I did a, a pilot with uh, David Brenner. Oh my God. 13 years ago. Um, that didn't go anywhere, but uh, he was so nice. I mean, David Brenner is such a Philadelphia staple. Well, you know? Know this <laughs> my dad, my dad never liked him, and the only reason is my dad would say, "I just don't like his face." Like a dad, <laughs> and that's such a that's such a Philadelphia because like, he's that from the, he's from the Northeast. Sure, he's from Mayfair. Sure. He's like, yeah, I just don't like my the guy's face. That's and I'm like, right. I'm like, what that? You don't like his face? And then when Seinfeld, he looks too much like Brenner. I don't like his face. And, <laughs> and my mom's like, well, watch the show. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't like the guy. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> So so, okay, so you're doing the uh, the annoyance and you you, yes. le- you left thing. Now you're touring yeah. with you get you go to they fly you back to New York. So you're still in Chicago. 
And, yes. they, and they fly yes. you to New York. Yeah, I was talk. like I said, I, I I was just kind of floating back and forth because when a when, because the original Alice came back to New York, it's such a boring story, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, so I was like covering all the people that left the Annoyance because we used to do different shows. We would do like three different shows a night. Okay. And so so I was kind of so I feel like I was the queen of the understudies, and then I would fly to New York and, and do the show for like two weeks, uh, do the Brady Bunch for like two weeks, and then come back or like a month and come back, and then um. You know, and then when the tour came out, the 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 year long tour, I, which I I didn't know I was going to do the whole year. I thought I was only going to do the first six months. It just kind of kept going. This the we literally were doing cities um, for like six seven weeks at a time, and then the last five months of the tour, we were on a rock and roll bus. It was Greg Allman's old bus, the Allman wow. Brothers old bus. It was so bizarre. Anna Gastar was on that tour. She was Alice at the time, and I was Carol. And then Davy Jones came and did the show with us for six weeks on the on the on the bus. It was crazy. So you were sharing a bus with Davy it Jones. It was ridiculous. It was completely insane. That's crazy. So it must have been sort of. I mean, not. It must have been a grind on you. I mean, you you're know, but in, you're in your twenties, and it was right. really fun. We had a great time. We had a blast. So we would go to. You know, you'd drive all night. Uh, you'd get to the city, um, you know, so you'd be, there were sleeping compartments on the bus. So you take a nap and then you do a morning radio show, take a nap in the morning after the radio show and then, uh, you know, kind of get settled into the new stage and then maybe do the show one or two nights of that's at that city. Did you play yeah. any really small towns that you're just like, what the hell? Like, is it, are people even going to get this or, cause I mean, well, it's, it's satire and yeah. it's not, and some, you know, you know, you go to, you know. I know I'm not going to say any cities because people. Well, we were like Springfield, Missouri was really they were really up in arms because we were giving away free condoms at the show and they were freaking out about the fact that you know it's like okay so there was there was some weird religious implications. Tampa, Florida was weird about that too. Really? Yeah, the the theater where we had was like some had some Christian group owned the theater and they wouldn't let us give out condoms. It was so weird. Why were you giving out condoms? It was we had a game show with the with the um, Brady Bunch, so it was one episode of the Brady Bunch, but the game show was before. Okay, and so there'd be prizes like we'd give like a six pack of YooHoo, and some we'd have local sponsors for stuff, and you know I don't know. <laughs> YooHoo's good drinking. It's that's some tasty stuff, my friend. I don't know why they came out with the strawberry. It was sort of weird. It's like it's yeah. like it's like it's like uh, it's like I was just talking to her. It's funny when I was, when I was back there, we were talking about soda. Neither of us mean neither of us drink much soda. But every time I go to Shoprite back there, I'd, ha- I'd have to get the black cherry soda because there's something about. But they didn't have Frank's. Was it Frank's? They didn't Frank's, Frank's disappeared. Frank's is back. Frank's is, is back. Frank's is back as of two years ago. Frank's. I saw though. Frank's is a great soda. At, at uh, this place called South Street in Burbank, they came out with something called Hanks, and it was from Trevos. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, this isn't the same thing. No. It's just not Hanks. And I think, and I'm like, Trevos. I mean, what the hell? You know, I, I think of Trevos Chevrolet, Chevrolet those commercials. You know, it's like <laughs> Hanks is like Frank's in the Witness Protection <laughs> Program. Like, wait a minute, I'm but that was those, they were they, they had such good sodas. It was good, but Yuhu though, I just don't understand the strawberry. Just, we don't need the strawberry. No, just we don't it. need the strawberry. And actually, you know, I, I have a comedy out called The Lampshades, which we started to do when we were when I was at the, uh, it's a two person. Uh, Dying Lounge Act. I've been doing it for 12 years now, but we did it in Chicago for about a year and a half in the early 90s. And uh, um, I remember, you know, I, I I always make a reference to like, I, you know, one of my jokes is like, um, I do my drinking backstage. I like to sip on my favorite beverage, a white trash Russian. For those of you non-drinkers out there, that's just a little vodka and some yoo-hoo. That's good drinking. I would, I would try that. Delicious. We actually have served it at the the bar, the club where we do the lampshades. We we do um, Improv Olympic, you know, iOS in Hollywood. We usually do the first Saturday of the month. Sounds good. Yeah, so sometimes we will serve it and although the bummer is like I'm I'm the one that brings in the yoo-hoo and it disappears 
course, because all the staff drinks it. They're like totally <laughs> into it. I'm like, hey, guys. It's, it's my Yoohoo. Get out hey, of here. Get, get, step away from the Yoohoo. So you're, you're on this road for a year. You're doing, you're doing yes. a road for a year. Yes. Now, okay, now, but you're, now you're, going, you're living in Chicago, but yes. you're touring all around. Yes. Okay, so when the tour stops, are you, are you happy? Cause, or you're like, because eh, you said you, only, you thought you were going to be I was ready. I was ready. It was, it was enough. It was time enough. It was kind of the perfect ending. And I met some guy on the road who I should not have hooked up with who was big time trouble for me. So I moved to New York with him. And we were to get, and then we for like we were there for like six months, and then we moved to um, to LA because I I got um, I got to do I got asked to do uh, the stage production of the movie Valley of the Dolls. I got okay. to play the Patty Duke part, which was a big cult hit in LA, and then we did it off Broadway in New York. It was a big big gay following. We had a drag queen Jackie Beat who was in it too. And now, how did that come about? Because they knew uh, of you, you know what? Or? It's because of the same people from the Brady Bunch uh, were doing it, and. Uh, there was like some Chicago. It was again the Chicago connection. Tom Booker, who did Manson the Musical at the Annoying Tom Theater. Booker, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I, he I, has a theater now in Austin, Improv Theater. But he was a big. He used to do. He had a, a, a company in L.A. called Theater Go Go, and we would do Manson Musical. I forgot about you him. and me That's... and LSD, and uh, yeah, there was. A, he had a ton of shows. That he was. He's a really, really, really funny guy, and uh, yeah. So he decided to put Valley of the Dolls on the stage, and it became a huge cult hit and uh you know we got to do it in new york at the circle in the square for like six months and i ended up staying in new york after that i sang in john flansburg's band they might be from they might be giants he had another band called monopuff okay and i was uh so we sometimes would open for the giants it was all the same musicians except uh with the absence of john linnell and the addition of me and john's wife robin goldwasser so crazy so so now you're in new york now when you came to la though had you been to la before yeah well we did the brady bunch and the miss vagina pageant there um that was another annoyance show that we brought to um, to L.A. Um, that's what Lauren Michaels came to see was the Miss Vagina Pageant, okay. which became a, a vagina pageant because he was looking for women for SNL. There so you go. See he ended that? up like, interviewing four of us. So it was like, it was like, hey, this is getting very real. So, so you're really jumping around, but you're, yeah. you're but you're in pro. Luckily, it sounds like you're in projects that are sticking. They're, like they, they've been, yeah, even if they weren't lucrative, like Valley of the Dolls was not lucrative, but I felt like it had a great buzz and people were really excited about it. So it was great to be a part of something that people actually gave a shit about. I feel like if nothing else in my career, I feel like I've done something that I feel like I felt very connected to I never felt like I had the golden handcuffs like yeah you know I that's I think that's why I never really did regional theater I feel like I had to do I'd rather wait tables and do something I loved I'd rather have another job on the side and really do something that I, I connected to that other people connected to too so you're doing that now, now when do you move out to LA for good because you're in New York you you're know doing what? The place. I um in 99 I moved back because uh, I got a new manager um in LA and I just decided to go for it so I was I was doing like some guest stars I did a Bernie Mac you know I was like the white mother of the, one of the kids that was pissed off at Bernie you know it's like there was always a white woman yelling at Bernie on that show so I was one of the white women yelling at Bernie Mac my kid was in a wheelchair and he was you know made him cry it was, it was a classic episode uh, <laughs> oh, don't you hate that no it's funny it's, I, always, I always said I, I used to hate like when you're watching sitcoms and they'd be like like a home improvement this week little Tim might have cancer it's like no it's a sitcom a very I don't, special I don't, yeah very special it's like I don't want to see that it's supposed to be funny I don't want to see kid. I mean it's not it's like when uh, the the classic one is different strokes. When Arnold goes to the the guy who ended up playing uh, the the station manager in WKRP in Cincinnati, and they give him wine, and the other kid takes it. It was like the deal with different strokes dealing with pedophilia back oh, in that day. And I'm like, I don't want to see Arnold's friend with his shirt off, banging his head. And then it's oh, just it's like these are sitcoms. Poor Arnold, these are I know. sitcoms. 
The 80s were full of messages, weren't oh, they? Oh, they yeah, it was really, great. really were. The after school specials, <laughs> we were talking about it earlier. Those, oh, those yeah. were when Ben Affleck did uh, did steroids. I don't know, he was one where he did steroids, <laughs> and he like he shook his uh, sh- his girlfriend's shelf and it <laughs> fell and killed the cat. And I was like, everyone's like, oh, Ben. But it was just those messages, but they were so over the top. You're like, no one's going to do that. No one's going to take steroids and act like that. No. Oh, God. So, you, so you're out here and you're getting some parts. Now, are, are you also yeah. auditioning for commercials? Or I just... am auditioning for commercials. And I'm, I, we started to do the lampshades, um, which was a great thing to do because we actually did it every week for five years. So like up and so I will say like the great thing about that was just having a regular thing. And I remember Bob Odenkirk came and he was like, you guys are funny. And he gave us like our first like sort of support. He actually um, had hired us to do the warm up for a pilot that he did. We ended up not getting to do it at the last minute because the he the producers did not like his alternative comics. He thought they didn't set the tone right for the live audience. Okay. So we, d- <laughs> we didn't even get a chance. They just assumed we wouldn't be good for that. So, um, but you know, we had some. We got to do Aspen the Comedy Festival, and uh, we so- we've sort of had this weird. Um, kind of cult following uh we've we've been doing it now for like i said since since 2001 and um we we played like safety day at nasa last year and we played for the extension of the ribbon cutting ceremony the extension of the la subway we got to um play for 600 gay sober men an event in palm springs called hot and dry we didn't know until we got there that we were opening for debbie gibson i mean like it's just crazy it has like the lampshades have like this whole narrative and we played for like you know 400 Filipino nurses that didn't speak English. You know, just crazy, crazy gigs. But it's sort of kind of like... it's part of our reality. How did how did you guys how did you come up with it? I mean, is it, you know, been, is it we the same Chicago, person? The same? Yeah, Scott Robinson and I. It's just okay. a two person. And actually, Bill Cott uh, used to come and do um, like a. He used to play our manager for Wait, a while. Bill Cott, Greatest American Hero. Uh, no, no Bill William Cott Pat. from uh, he, no, yeah, William Cott. Uh, Bill <laughs> Cott was in on the Dana Carvey show years okay. ago, and uh, he's since been on Wizards of Waverly Place. Really funny guy. Um, but yeah, so we we sort of had this. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, what, what was what's great about the lampshades and why I still do it, and even though you know. Uh, a busy schedule with the, with the office. I still was doing it at least once a month. It's kind of like it's nice to have something that's original, that's yours. I mean, we're we're dying lounge act. We are becoming we we've become the thing we're making fun of because we're doing the same act over and over again. We're in real time, so we're dealing with the audience. So that's why we played some comedy clubs. Um, so I feel like for me, just having the lampshades, like I feel like I always had a flyer in my apron pocket when I worked at this restaurant in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Which restaurant? Uh, Kate Manalini. Because I used to wait tables at Planet Hollywood in Beverly oh, Hills. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ooh, God. I'm telling yeah. you, you sit there, there's there a tip card in like seven different languages and people still wouldn't read it because oh, it was it was awful. They'd yeah, be like, that is brutal. It was tourist city. Like every, every, every Asian tour group, they'd be like taking pictures of the ribs and the ah. steak. You're like, it's food, you know? And back then it wasn't like cell phones. Back then they had like the Nikon. It sure. Like, it was just crazy. <laughs> and you sit there and it was just so lame. And you, oh, God. Yeah, was, yeah. I will say, like I kept my restaurant job through the first season of The Office just because I had had some I I was sort of financially compromised from an ex-boyfriend and felt like I just sort of like needed to kind of keep it real and like we'll see what happens because it was only five episodes after the pilot so so the lampshades you know. though so so you, how did you guys you came up with the idea of Chicago it was just yeah. you two that came up with it originally and you just thought one night you said this would be funny or how did it- yeah you know what we were actually at this club called the Green Mill which is this uh, this great old uh, jazz club in, in uh, Chicago that had, they still have like white uh, tablecloths and they always have like we, I, I, we just saw some, an interesting act and I have to tell you, I, I studied musical theater when I was in college, and I feel like um, I, there's people that I, I like to make fun of because they, they have no sense of self. Sometimes having musical talent becomes a liability when you start to lose 
co- connection with the audience, or it becomes more about like who you, you know, but more about your ego than about like right. who's listening, which is <laughs> happens a lot with singers. I'm sorry. It's sort of like if you're bad at karaoke, it's sad. But if you're good. It's even sad. Well, that's that's so funny because there's this place in Burbank, Dimples, yeah. which is just so disgusting. And oh. the the owner was on like Bar Rescue, and he's like, the owner's notorious. <laughs> no, because he sits Bar there rescue. and he goes, any girl who comes in who's hot, he goes, yeah, yeah, you got to do a blowjob shot. So he gets a blowjob shot, oh. and the girl's like, we don't want to do a blowjob. You got to do it. And it's it's they like people walk in there and they they take this shit seriously, and it's like you're not going to get found at Dimples, right? And they sit there and they right. go off, and, and you're right, it's so theatric. It's like oh. you're. Singing karaoke. It's pathetic. It's crazy. It so- becomes masturbatory, Steve. <laughs> when are they going to get off and go home? Exactly. Please end the madness. Please. So the, the lampshades are sort of like, it's kind of, you know, we do original arrangements of songs that people already know. So we do a lot of mashups. And, you know, I, I so the music is actually decent because it has to be. More than 30 seconds of Bad Lounge is unacceptable. You An audience cannot sustain. Right. And and you also don't want to do Bill Murray's joke from, you know, SNL. It's like, it, so it's an evolution of the Dying Lounge Act. So, and, you know, we have an original take and we've opened for the Dan Band a lot and we opened for Richard Cheese and we've sort of had like our connection with some of these, you know, and we just did a show in D.C. at the Benson Ball a couple weeks ago with them. Um, Garfunkel and Oates and Megan Mullally's Nancy and Beth. Okay. So we sort of have our own distinction in that sort of music comedy. Not musical comedy, but like music and comedy, that sort of thing. Have you seen Marty and Elaine before? I, many times, many times. But you know what? We saw them after we had created the lampshades because we created the lampshades in, in, Chicago. in Chicago. So once I saw them, I was like, wow, this is fantastic. So but, I always request these boots are made for walking because she plays that crazy. But they're serious. That's thing. the funny thing. Yes. Yes, that's, that's, that's what's crazy. But they there's they're, have such a following, but they're serious. Right. And there's a point where it gets it gets a little like, okay, I'm done. Right. Oh, I'm done. Okay. The Cavalier <laughs> sleeves, matching, matching sequins tops. So, yeah. So you're you're doing you're doing this out here, the lampshades, yeah. and now and auditioning, auditioning. Now, yeah. what was you besides Bernie Mac? What was your was your first big role, The Office? Or yeah, you been, it really was. So it you really had you, you had done. But you some, know, I I booked um a recurring role on Boomtown, and I did one episode where I played Neil McDonough's secretary, and I went in for my fitting, and I had all these clothes. It was so exciting, and they said, okay, we're we're gonna use you in three more weeks. Keep it open, and then I get a call that the show was canceled. <laughs> It's not the worst. It's like it's yeah. like oh my god. So you're sitting there and you know and you're as I said you're auditioning and then the office comes up. Now now how does does your agent say we have an idea for you know the show? I, Is it based on? A- I, I had auditioned for the pilot and didn't get it. I was doing shows also at the fake gallery and I remember Jason Scalar was like, "Have you ever watched the show The Office?" It was the British one that was on like back then. It was on at like two in the morning on BBC America and I remember watching it like after the shows we'd watch it and. And I loved it. And I thought the minute I heard they were doing it and, and the U.S. version, I thought, come on, give me a break. This can never work. I mean, because right. it never does. So I went in for the, I actually auditioned for the part of Jan, um, Laura Harden's part, um, Michael Scott's boss. Obviously, they went a completely different way. Uh, and then um, I got a call. Um, they shot it in February. I got a call in September or late August saying that they were casting again for another part. So I guess um, there was, I actually replaced someone from the pilot. 
So I know it was a different part. That happens a lot. Like people say, like people have been on the show said, you know, you sit there and all of a sudden you get a call, like at this, you know, you audition for something and you don't hear anything and you hear and you're depressed. You're like, oh, and then you sit there and you go in and you know they fired that person or they get rid of that yeah. person. And they said at some point you feel bad, but in some other point you're like, well, good. I, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm not going to be a jerk. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad she got fired, but they're hiring me. Nine so, seasons uh, later, I'm very grateful yeah. she got fired, I, to be really honest. I mean, yeah. So now, did you do a lot of auditions before they came? You? Oh yeah, uh, no, no, there wasn't a lot because um, they were ready to start production right away, and I think they weren't really sure. There were about six of us that were in the same boat where we were technically not regulars yet. We were guest stars, even though we were in every episode and we had our own desk. They told us to bring paperwork the first five episodes after the pilot because I didn't do the pilot. But they wanted us to look busy at our desks, and they actually asked us to sit a little bit longer because they wanted the cameras to improvise. So unlike most shows where the actors are the ones that are always improvising. They wanted the cameras to make sure they, they caught people where they were supposed to be at all times. So we would sit there for hours and hours and they've since, you know, they, they soon figured out, okay, you don't need to be there because we're never going to, or if we do decide to put a look in, we'll call you guys in for that take. Um, but in the beginning, it was long days and I actually loved the process. So, you know, it was kind of fun and I learned a lot. What did you love about the process? Well, I liked that there's, it was it was so smart. I feel like just there was never a point at the laugh. Never. A, there was never a big, you know, now you're supposed to laugh. Nobody w held for laughs. It was never like that. And you really got to play things so much more real than any other comedy show I'd worked on. And it really, I don't know, I just felt like we were playing at the top of our intelligence. And that's because the people in charge were playing at the top right. of their intelligence. The writers are just great and they really cared. And we did have some improv moments. I remember in the first season, I, the healthcare episode where I had this whole thing about like where I was like, the uterus is different from a vagina. I still have a vagina. It was like all about what was going to get covered in our healthcare package, which is a very poignant topic today with the uh, Obamacare. Um, but it was uh, <laughs> back, in, back in 2005. Um, but anyway, yeah, so so we had some, some chances to improvise late, you know, but, but you had your you had your moments and if you didn't have your moments you were a supporting actor who was in their own reality and figuring out kind of how to support the whole thing and I feel like Steve Carell was really about the whole thing he was never holding court he was never telling jokes he it was not about his bravado he was really more concerned you know, like this the show was the star not him when we first started I mean still I mean I, I would say that that was true up until the end with him but I feel like most most number ones on a call sheet do not act like that. Right. Well, you know what's amazing about the show is that not at the time where shows get cut like that, and the thing is, it was a different show. It wasn't people weren't used to that, and now as you see, it's spun up in mean, Modern Family, shot right. very much like that, and it's, and it's led a whole even the Michael. I mean, even almost any sitcom is a lot like that now. Any sitcom that's right. smart, right. but for when it came out, because it's like they always say, you know, with like with Cheers, when Cheers came out, Cheers was like. One of the worst rated shows, but the network gave it time. Yeah. Seinfeld, when it was actually called, it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles its first year, and they changed that because there was a show called the Marshall Chronicles, <laughs> and we see whose career did better, the Marshall Chronicles or Seinfeld. Right. But they canceled. But this day and age, like TV in the last, you know, 15, 10 years, they give you like two episodes. Well, we were really lucky because Friends had just been, uh, Friends just finished right before, um, like the last season right before we started so I feel like they they were not doing great Thursday nights were not great and actually we started on a Tuesday night and uh, Kevin Riley who's who's who was the head of NBC at the time who's now the head of Fox he really believed in it and he 
I, I feel like he, he just gave it the air. We didn't get great ratings the first season. I still kept my restaurant job. Occasionally, someone would recognize I was going to say, yeah, it would be occasionally. like, they probably, they probably sat there and probably said, no, nah, it can't be. Like, right, you know, right, it's right. like a thing, like in LA, you know that. Like, I have a friend who uh, is a bartender who's in uh, in that NFL dot, uh, NFL network commercial. Uh-huh. And, it's, and people see him, but it, it wasn't. A, it's, it was a buyout so right. people see it and they see him and, and like he'll be bartending and the game will be on and they'll show this commercial and they know him by name they know him by name from the commercial but in real life they have no idea what his name is right, right. and so a lot of times I think people will probably say oh that person just looks like they probably right. said oh she just looks like that girl right 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 I still get that Steve you still get no, that they, you, you, <laughs> no, you, they go you, know, <laughs> you, you look like that waitress at whatever <laughs> That's right. So, okay, so you, you keep your job, and now yeah. it's the first season. And so yeah. how many episodes do you shoot? Do you uh, personally? I was just in five. So it was, they aired six. So okay. it was a pilot and then five episodes. And then, um, and that was, they started airing, I believe, in March of 2005. They finished off by, you know, um, April. And then they decided to pick up the show in May. Um, but they don't set the date until July. So I actually kept my restaurant job until July. And then I was like, you know what? There was only 13 episodes, but luckily they were going well enough that they kept adding more. They would add seven more. They would add nine more. So by the end of the year, we had 20, I think we had 24 the first season, 25 the first season, which is great. Now, in the, in, in the first and the second season, did you, in, in your in your mind, did you ever think that the show would blow up as much as it did? Or did you think, this is a really good project, but, but it's smart, and I hate to say that smart projects don't always work a lot, because a lot of the... the you know, people would rather watch back in the day. They'd rather watch Family Matters than you know a hip show. You know, right. it's just a matter. Did you ever sit there and think, okay, this is a we have a great cast? And I hear it so many times when people go, you know, like with Susie with Go On, yeah, great cast. Yeah. I mean, you think yeah. Matthew Perry's coming back to NBC? Sure, it's a surefire hit. For you, did you did you ever sit there? Did you think it was going to be such a phenomenon? You know, I think I was so green uh, just like because I didn't know TV that well and and I kind of really did, I mean I was just really in the moment and Steve's career was taking off so much because of he had done 40 year old virgin it came out between the first season and the second season of the office that's why even though we were already picked up um 40 year old virgin came out in August so when we started airing in September everyone wanted to see him so we lucked out so it was it was or he, well, I should say you know it was his we were really riding on his coattails that second season and because he blew up so quickly there was this extra attention that our show was getting just because of him so I I, I feel like I didn't really know what was going on but then that, that second year he ended up winning the Golden Globes so suddenly we're like we're at the Golden Globes and you know we have like two days notice and I'm going to like some you know I'm, I'm going to some like um, you know vintage clothes shop on Hollywood Boulevard I'm going to Ozzy Dots to get my dress for the Golden and globes because I got one day to get. It. See, that's <laughs> it's so like crazy. crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, it must be just. I mean, your your life's changing right there. Right, right, right. But yet, you know, it's like, but you're not sure. And you know, I I, I think, um, you know, I finally realized like fourth season, like okay, well they had picked up for a couple years, so you know, uh, so I was like, okay, um, so I bought a condo. You know, it's like all these things that like just these little baby steps that I would take. And, and then syndication, please syndication. Yeah, please, yeah, syndication, yeah, please. yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like. You know, you just, I was cautiously optimistic the whole time, but I feel like sometimes you're so busy doing it that I, I wasn't judging it. It's just like, well, I hope it continues. And, you know, um, you know, and, and thank God it did. I mean, we had nine, nine seasons, which is so crazy. It's mind boggling. So when did you start in the second season? Cause you said, you know, you get it occasionally like a recognition. Do people start noticing you after the second season? I mean, cause it must, it must be different for, it's like anything. I'm sure when you were in Chicago, 
you would get recognized just from right. people who were around the theater district or whatever who go out to stuff like with comics or anything too you recognize some people right but now you're in you know now Corel's blown up and so right. more so you have that whole new Corel fan base right, that's coming right, to right. watch the show and now all of a sudden you're you know, I will tell you I was a little delayed because my character uh, third season I didn't have much to do in third season it wasn't until I got hit by the car and then I felt then I got on the Tonight Show and then I felt like I sort of had a different presence after that that was kind of that was the best thing that ever happened to me getting hit by the car that's I tell you. <laughs> now, now what was the Tonight Show like because everyone says you know well, you went you went you didn't go I, mean, I actually replaced um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix he was he was like he had canceled so I only had like two hours notice and what's with you in the last minute the Golden Globes the last minute I know, I know. Like, that's how it is. Like, what am I going like, to do? Just what say am I... yes. Just say yes. And my boyfriend, he's an NBC photographer whom I met on the show at the end of second season. He was filling in for the photographer for Jay because he, he used to cover Jay, but he but he works on all the shows. So he was filling in. I already knew he was going to be there. And I called. It was just crazy. So the next thing I know, I'm on the show and... And uh, you know they swing the camera around to him, and I'm like, I'm, I'm. <laughs> it's like I'm, I, I, got, I feel like I got the pot of gold because I got the show and the guy. I mean, now, did it's they, crazy. Did, I should get hit by a car. Yeah, see that? No. <laughs> now, did they, did they set you up? Did you, did you write the questions out? Is that, is that how they did it? A little bit. Yeah, we had. Yeah, they have like. Yeah, they have a whole thing. I feel like I just sort of kept. I was nervous. I, I screwed up a few of my own punchlines, but I, I got a few stories out. You know, it was. I was like, wow, this is. It was a little deer in the headlights for me. I will say. Now the people sit there like the family go crazy like. Oh my God! You're, yeah, you're yeah, 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 yeah. Did, did they show it at the bar? Uh, you know, it, I don't know if they did because I, I guess they did. No, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Um, but it felt like it was such a last minute thing. That was like, oh my God, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, it was. It, it's one of those crazy things, and I, I don't know. I mean, well, it sort of makes it good this last minute. Yes. Cause I, I know a lot of comics who sit there and, and they get they're gonna be a letterman tonight show, and they tell everybody. And this isn't now like social media. This is like when you're calling people, right. oh, and then all right. of a sudden they get bumped. And then right. people, and you can't sit there and call. Now you can just put on Facebook, oh, I'm not going to be on the show. Right. But then it's like they're calling and your family's I calling know. and the rule, and then all of a sudden they run out of time. I know one guy who got bumped like three times. Oh. And he's like, you're sitting there and you're all nervous and you're, because it's the tonight, and this is back when Cars was on, so it's big. Yeah. It can change your career. Absolutely. And oh, we need you. And then we, and then you sit there and go, Jesus, God. You know, it's by the time they have you on, you have a whole new act. Right. Right. I know. Well, the second time I, I uh, was a guest on the Tonight Show, I had a little more notice and I actually was like, more nervous about it because I had more time to prep. It's like, don't mess this up. You have no excuse. You can't. You're not the deer in the headlights. So you know, but you know, it's it's uh, it is what it is. I mean, I, that's the thing about talk shows is like they they are a very specific beast, and you you kind of you have to have your story straight because they they only cue the the the, the people that don't know how to do that. The people that don't know how to. Uh, tell funny stories. Right. Those those people they hold their hand through the whole thing, and they but but you know of course like most of the hosts just prefer if you just kind of have your own thing and keep going. You know, I mean not completely, but you know what I mean. Well, it's like make, you can handle yourself. You it don't makes freak it out. easy. You know, for me it's like it's it makes it easy. If someone has good stories, it's like and my job sort of cut out for me. You know, I I can guide them through what their career is, but if you have great stories, then you're like, all right, you know, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like the network just was, the first time the network was just happy that I didn't throw up. You know, it's just like okay, you got, she got through it. That was fantastic. You know. So what what season did you feel that it impacted that you were in? Uh, I mean, you were getting very famous. Your show is becoming very critically. I, mean, I don't think I am still very famous. Oh, I think I my would, face yeah. is famous. I, I feel like my the character, the show is famous. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, to be clear, I'm not being, I'm not being really self-deprecating. There is, you know, my face is more famous than my name okay. for sure. To, I mean, in all fairness, in all fairness, which and is that's scary. Fine. My face is more famous than my name, and I'm on radio, which is not good. <laughs> 
So, okay, so but so people do people start sitting there because you you play a drunk, right? So I have I, been sent many a drink. I'm gonna say, do people is it, is it no? But do people actually sometimes sit there and like <laughs> if you're driving, they're like, oh my. What the hell is she doing driving? Like, like you see you get in your car or even if you say you left a bar for having dinner and you weren't drinking, if you were getting people probably like, oh my, because people think sometimes that you're actually that character. Well, luckily I'm a benevolent drunk. There's, you know, it's like, a, I'm, I'm like a self-admitted, like, you know, not non-proselytizing drunk. So there's, there's no redeeming, you know, I mean, I feel like Mary's, you know, she's like a drunken floozy. So, you know, there's, I feel like the expectations are fantastic because, That's... you know, if I take my top off or make a fool out of myself, everybody was like, yeah, woo! It's like See, that's that's right. You can't be a jerk when you're a drunk on the TV show because people are like, oh, they're just in character, you know, right? It's, it's, right. It's, it's, Hopefully, it's, you don't become a mean drunk. I'll let you know in a couple years how that works out. Have you ever been yeah. a mean drunk? <laughs> have you ever gotten into a fight? Uh, no, I don't. No, that's not usually my thing. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. a lot of Philly girls. You know, the Philly girls. Oh, has sure, the, 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 sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, you're, you're from you're from Ardmore. I am. I, well, I lived in Mount Airy till I was seven, and then we moved to Ardmore. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, but I'm, I'm, you know, mostly grew up there. Yeah. There used to be. The, was there an Ardmore Cafe? No. There was. There was an. There was a. There was a. Um, there was another. There was another A Town Cafe, Ambler Cafe. Ambler Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I thought yeah. there was an Ardmore Cafe because I think they used to do comedy there, and it was just awful. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember the main point in Bryn Mawr. Yeah. They used to do some comedy there. I did a, a variety show there when I was fifteen. Uh, there was a guy named Tommy Moore who was a Philly I know Tommy. Yeah, he lives yeah, in yeah. North Carolina now. Oh, he does. Legend. He's on Facebook. John Fortune. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah, around yeah. forever. Yeah, he's, he gave me my first. Uh, oh, the suit he always looks so vaudeville anyway. He wore like, the suit and the glasses. I know. And and he's back, a wonderful man. Yeah, he is. I think that was like back in like 1979, 1980. I did my first show with him. It was a variety show, and Judy Toll was in the show too. Okay. So, and I was just singing, but I told I found myself like doing some some banter in between songs. <laughs> That's funny. I was like telling some jokes. I mean, I'm like, I, I don't even know. I have a tape of it, like an like a literally a cassette tape of it. I was so nervous. That's funny though, because yeah, Tommy Moore was like, you know, he was just around, and I guess he does, you know, now he does a lot of. Uh, he wrote a book about comedy. Oh, okay, and like the history of comedy, and he was just, he was, he you was. Gotta look him up. Yeah, he's on Facebook. Yeah, he really gave me my first uh, non high school job. For See Christ's that? sake, yeah. Tommy Moore. See yeah. that? I'm gonna send him a message when I get Please back today. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, me. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you <laughs> gave her her break. The the office can thank you for that great character. That's right. It was because that, yeah, that was a, he, he was like the elder statesman, but he always wore like leisure suits back right, then. Right, right, right. Where he had a, a tuxedo hat. with like the big wide buff, <laughs> butterfly uh, bow tie. Remember the, that thing? Yeah. <laughs> And people can't see on the on the radio, but his headshot was like, <laughs> he, was a, he was a little bit like my Saints clogged. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I sort of was like, hi. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you remember he did a whole bit about slippery when wet, like oh, all the road signs. Yeah. So now, 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 you had his album. Now, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you for being like? I always wonder because like everyone says there's a good thing. Has anything bad happened to you? Like someone noticed you and was a jerk, like a, uh, a fan or not really? I mean, sometimes there's a there's a mild hostage taking, but it's it's never been serious. I've actually been really. I mean, I feel like. You know the fans of the office are generally pretty smart. They're not. They're not really aggressive or smarmy. They're usually pretty smart. So, like I said, when I say there's a little hostage, it's usually people are drinking a lot. Like, you know, like in the ladies' room, this woman literally like, you know, handed her camera. Like she was like handing me a piece of paper under the stall. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Give me a break. It's I'll like, be out in a second, honey. Yeah. Boundaries. <laughs> I was like, boundaries, boundaries. Hold on. I don't you know? need toilet paper. I don't need it. I didn't say I need toilet paper. And give me more than one slice if you give me toilet paper. <laughs> Okay, so I'll uh, sign it and yeah. wipe it. No, yeah. this is terrible. <laughs> be, terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, I'll show her. How dare you ask for my autograph? Yeah, exactly. Don't give a shit about me. Yeah, 
Some people are like that. Some actors are very, some personalities. I mean, when I worked at Cape Melanie, sometimes people were a little mean if someone would stop them. And I know that like it's hard when you're taking a bite of food and someone's bothering you. But you know what? It may be the hundredth time someone bothered you that week, but it's the first time someone's noticing you. So right. give them give them a break. Right. Give them a break. So people, it's a champagne problem. Get over yourself. Yeah, so no, but I mean, what's some good things that have happened to you? Like from just fans? <laughs> have you gotten like a hookup anywhere, like a concert or anything? Or somebody, hey, that's a girl from the office or anything cool? Yeah, I mean, there's been a few. I know, I feel like I feel like there's so many good things that I feel like I'm, uh, I, I block them out. <laughs> No, I. But the, yeah, I feel like sometimes there's always like a little, a little like a, uh, a little kismet, a little. Um, um, I mean, people have been really, really, really nice. I mean, I will say when I, if I take something back, like sometimes people have to have like, you know, uh, we don't take things back after thirty. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. They will take it back. I mean, it's crazy. I like ripped these jeans after like two days. I'm like, when is what the jeans? They gave me new jeans. You know. See that? I mean, things like that. I know. <laughs> That's the, that's the cool stuff because it's like I don't want to be stuck with this. Well, yeah, shirt. it's sort of like well, I sort of feel like sometimes I get treated like people should always be treated. Do you know what I mean? Like good customer, like yeah, that's what know, customer, customer service, service is. Right. You know, you know. But I'm I'm not douchey where it's like I I don't like cut through the the front of the line. Excuse not me. all the time. Excuse me. Yeah. Not all, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Sometimes I'm, it happens. But. Excuse me. It's Chuck E. Cheese. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, Shakey's. Shakey's. I'm cutting. I want the mojos. I want the less mojos. No, no, no. What? What? Being from Philly, uh, are you are you a cheese? steak person do you like the cheese i like steak? cheese steaks i mean you know they're not kind of the figure girls you know right. uh but i do like the whiz i know it's bad i know it's bad but i used to go to gyms on south street fourth and south thank and you I was, that's the i always that's say that's better favorite. than gino's and my pets favorite and i used to love to sit upstairs because they had this great window with a with a counter and you look out the window at all the freaks on south street yeah it's there yeah. there also used to be a place right around right around the corner from the comedy works it was called rockies oh, and yeah, yeah, it was yeah, sitting there yeah. i remember one night me and Two other comics were sitting there eating cheesesteaks, and there was like a total South Philly chick fight. Like, and like this is like, no, you're talking like women who are like 55 and 60 wearing spandex, and all of a sudden they're getting into it. And we're cracking up, and the owner of the comedy works comes running in. This is great. This is great. We're like, dude, you have a problem. We're like, you know, stop. This is not the Real Housewives of South exactly. Philly. So now I, I saw I saw that because uh, I, I always do some research. You you did the uh, lampshades at Helium in Philly. Yes, yeah, we've done, been there a few times. Now, yeah. now, do people when people come out, do they expect you to be the person from the office, or do they expect the lampshade, or is it? Or, you know what? It, that's always the Facebook show for me when I play Philly because it's always like people from high school or like literally la- the last time we played Helium, my seventh grade teacher came. <laughs> See, that's cool. Though. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes there is a little bit of a disconnect. I mean, I think we're tr- still trying to figure out the balance of that but i feel like the lampshades is what it is i mean it's it's sort of like we sort of set ourselves up pretty quickly right away so you know every once in a while like we do take we do uh talk to the you know we do a little q a with the audience at the end of the show and every once in a while somebody will you know kind of call out meredith or something and i'm like I, i've never worked in an office i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right well no it's yeah. funny I, the reason i asked it is because you're from the philadelphia area and people come out it's like when dom Irera used to play the comedy factory outlet the whole crowd would know him and they'd be yelling hey yo my uh, uncle joey knows you from whatever six and what? young and it was just crazy do people ever come out and just sit there and go hey you know probably just because oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's always hey, a family we, connection we what? know your uncle or whatever. right 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 no and and, and sometimes yeah you have to sort of steer 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 him off that but you know it's, i did a radio um a radio show uh, at um, WHYY when I was just in Philadelphia this, this summer. I was doing a play 
uh, for a couple weeks doing that Nora Ephron play at the Philadelphia Theater Company. So like, what do you do after the office? You do a play. If we had known, we would have gone. Because oh, I, I, I've been back and forth, and for, I've been by coastal for the last year and a half. Oh, you're kidding. And Because before she moved out, and she just moved out, but I would go back there all the time. And, and I, would, I would do some comedy shows, but there was always like stuff you go, oh, it'd be cool to go see. So where was this play at? It was, it was, it was at, the, at the, the Susan Roberts um, uh, Philadelphia Theater Company on South Broad Street. Okay. A huge place right at, um, it's like Broad and Delancey. Or no, okay. I mean, Broad and... Um, uh, it's like right before South Street, yeah, and like yeah, I guess it's like Broad and Pine, um, but it's. Um, I, I remember doing a radio show at WHYY where Terry Gross does her show, so I was like, I'm Terry Gross adjacent, but I didn't do Terry Gross's show. It was like a one hour interview, and they were supposed to take calls, and the, you know they kept announcing the phone number, kept, and then we never took a call. And the producer's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I said, Did no one call? Was nobody listening? She goes, Oh, we got a ton of calls, but it was like, <laughs> Your brother owes me fifty bucks. Hey, I used to play ball with your sister. I mean, like all these, it was all family related because I, you know, one of seven kids, man. That's that's uh that's how it goes. But I remember I was at a, uh, this bar um, that my nephew works in um, on the Parkway just this summer. It's um it's called uh, Mesa's Crossing. It's right like 17th and, and the Parkway. Okay. It's, it's it's right near the Four Seasons. It's like a, I don't know. It's it's not busy on a Saturday night because it's busy every, it's like one of those post-work Okay, bars, it's a big happy know. hour. People actually yeah, go up exactly. to the office. Okay. Exactly. So we went there and um the kitchen closed and I asked the bartender if I could go to Wawa and get a sandwich and bring it back because my friends were there. And uh and the guy, one guy walks up to me and he goes, are you Tex Flannery's niece? You're Kate Flannery. You're Tex Flannery's niece. He coached me football at LaSalle. He was my hero. I'm going to make you a sandwich. <laughs> it's like, that's my celebrity, right? That was probably, it's that's, that's probably better than, I mean, Wawa's great, but this guy probably made the sandwich hey, from his heart. He, I, let me tell you. Like the Schmitter. <laughs> right. Oh, McNally's. God bless you. You, you do know Philadelphia. I had the, we had the Schmitter at, at, uh, at the stadium. When I could eat some, and it was good because oh. I had a friend who owned an Italian restaurant out here and I saw I'm like you gotta try to make this and he couldn't be it was, it was good but it wasn't like a Schmitter but I was like we gotta get the Schmitter because you hear about that stuff yeah 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 you gotta it's, do it it's great it's like we went we missed with the Knicks we wanted to get the deep the dumped uh, the dipped pork but the Knicks oh yeah yeah, but yeah it, it was, never had I heard it's really it was good. just on it was on like man versus food so like all these the teachers convention oh. it's lined up around and I'm like I'm not waiting long for a sandwich that's a bummer have you been to Shake Shack in Philly I mean if the, there's a, one in New York they're, they're good they're, they're good, good. Yeah, I gotta I I mean, watch what I eat so I, just, I know you know, the shakes are really small uh, so no no no, 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 yeah. no for I, the health reasons not for I don't care about putting weight on I don't it's, it's, it's like you know you seem very vain Steve I just assumed I, I've been lucky were... I've been always lucky I've, I've never I mean I've been the same weight almost all my whole life that's fantastic. And yeah, that's so. it. That's it. That's but I lost all my hair, so you know it, it it's depends. a trade off. Deal with the devil that you made. So what's coming up now for you? What are you? You know what? I'm. I'm. We've been doing a lot of lampshade shows. Like I said, we just played a benefit in um, uh, Chicago on Saturday, and we're pl- actually playing Trenton. We're playing Trenton, New Jersey, on the 14th at um. It's the. It used to be the Teachers College of. Uh, it's like what is it? Um, Yes, the College of New Jersey. So it's, no more, it's not called yes. Trenton State anymore? No. Ah. No. Yes. But it's kind of like, you know, Glassboro State is now Rowan. Rowan yeah. You know, so, and, you know, was it Route 69? is no longer Route 69. You know? I went to Stockton State in South Jersey oh. in Pomona. And that's still, it's, now it's called Richard Stockton. Oh, God. What? Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll leave it on the 14th. If anybody's in the Philadelphia area, I think they do have tickets that are, yeah, you can go to our website, thelampshades.com, and check it out. We're actually playing uh, Hollywood this Saturday at. Uh, in Prob Olympic, Io West on Hollywood between Ivo, Ivor and Quango. That's in a duplex, right? Or the complex? No, or no, no, no. It's on. It's on Hollywood. Okay. It's, yeah, not Santa Monica. It's, oh, okay. it's got a bar in the front. Yeah, it's right. It's right next to Hemingway's and right by Popeye's Chicken. Popeye's Chicken's good chicken. It is good chicken. It's better than KFC. Yeah, it's a lot better. I'm just I know, saying. but it's not as good. Remember when Geno's had uh, KFC? Geno's, yeah. Someone just put a thing on Facebook. Uh, history, like uh, old 
Ultimate just Philadelphia, and they put a Geno's, and then they put uh, watching Ultraman on a, oh, on God. Channel Seventeen, <laughs> WPHL WPHL Seventeen. Yes, oh my it's God, I, w- I was on Dancing on Air once at that studio. Her her brother was a regular on Dancing on Air. We'll have to talk about. But this. I was at Riverfront Dinner Theater. We did the Valentine Show. We That's sang funny. a song from Bye Bye Birdie on that. That's hilarious. So Kelly okay, so we have, we have two minutes left. Give yes. give all your information. People can find your website. And, Go to you know, thelampshades.com. I'm on Twitter at Kate Flannery. Now do you have a lot? Um, do you tweet a lot? I do. I have like I have about like a little over a hundred thousand uh, followers. Look at her. Yeah, I have like a little over. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy because I have eighty five hundred. You know, I mean, she's got you know fifty. Yeah, I'm like I'm way more, but she, I think she's whatever. You do, know what I mean? Do you yeah. tweet jokes or you just tweet? I stuff? do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm I'm some semi Meredith. You know, it's like yeah, there's a lot of drunken tweets. You know, that's always good. It's good. It it's keeps good. it real. Keeps it loose. I don't and know. and the lampshades will show where you're going to be performing. Uh, yeah, the, if you go to Lab, if you go to our gigs page, but we're uh, yeah we're playing. Um, like I said, we're playing Trenton um, in two weeks. We'll be in Hollywood this Saturday. We just did a thing with Rain Wilson last week for the Hollywood Y at the Laugh Factory. We're, we we get around. We've actually been really busy. And I did a, a bunch of um, indie movies this summer, so I'm hoping hoping something will come out to Sundance. But I got to play Elijah Wood's mom, which was kind of fantastic. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's cool knows? stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. A movie called Cooties. Cool. Uh, Rain Wilson's in that too. So well, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you. you got back to me. I said, you know, John. Uh, Rosa said a while ago, did you ever contact her? And John, I was talking to John. She you contact her? I said, I said, I feel weird because you go to the Facebook page and then you see when they've I'm updated the us. Yeah. But you know, so then I go, well, they probably don't go to their page much. But you no. got back to me. So I want to thank you and go to lampshades.com, people. And uh, follow me uh, at Cooper Talk on Twitter. Follow me. I always try to tweet what's going on. Also, uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have about 198 episodes up on there. You can also type in one word, Cooper Talk, in iTunes or Stitcher and you'll find the episodes. Cooper Indie. 100.com is my email. Send me a message. And uh, that's about it. I got to tell you, people, uh, have a good Halloween. And remember, uh, drink your water, eat your vegetables, and take your vitamins. I'm Steve Cooper. I just turned 50 when you heard this, so I'm getting old. You guys have a wonderful weekend. And keep listening. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. And I'm going to get lunch now because I'm hungry.